Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We value the Bible and believe it is important to teach it clearly, remaining true to its central focus of announcing and applying the powerful and transforming news of Jesus. In short, we exist to help all people know and grow in Christ. Our hope is this teaching will do just that. Today's message is about readiness. I want to call you to make yourself ready. Are you ready for 2023? More importantly, are you ready for Christ? Are you ready for what Christ wants to do, what he will do? And to do that, we're going to look at the life of John the Baptist. We're going to go to Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, to the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. And we're going to look at this prophet of God, John the Baptist, because we have before us a glorious, God-ordained, new beginning. A week from today, January 15th, we will finalize, formalize, celebrate our union, Riverside Church, with Grace Life Church. An entirely new season of fulfillment in the life of this church will begin. And I believe that it offers an invitation to us as a people and to you individually. And as I've shared, I believe what God is doing with us corporately, there's an opportunity for you to experience individually. I'm excited about this particular text because it, I, I, I felt that the Lord spoke to me from this text, and I pray that God will do the same So let's go to the text. Are you ready? Are you ready for Christ? Mark chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. So two prophets are quoted here, Malachi chapter 3, verse 1, and Isaiah 40, verse 3, quoting Old Testament prophets, and you see immediately the theme of preparation. John the Baptist comes preparing the way, comes making ready the people of God for the work of God. Verse 4, John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sin, their sins. Now, John was clothed in camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, after me comes one who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I've baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. 
This is the beginning of the Gospel of Mark. This is the introduction, 11 verses. And it begins with the ministry of John the Baptist. When John went public, he elicited enormous crowds. In fact, when he began his ministry, he was the single greatest religious figure in 400 years. Massive popularity, massive response. He was the most significant and popular figure, not just of his day, but for centuries. Amazing. He he did this in the most unlikely of ways. He preached in the wilderness. He was inaccessible, difficult to, to, to find. In a day when travel was difficult, people would flock out to hear him. His presentation, his appearance was not impressive. In the words of Jesus, he did not wear soft clothes. You find those amongst the wealthy and in the palace, to borrow Jesus' description of John the Baptist. He was simple, he was plain. His message was not entertaining. It was not an easy to hear Message. In fact, he rebuked people publicly, openly, and directly. As a religious leader or prophet, he lacked the support of other religious leaders and was opposed, but their opposition was limited because of his popularity. Jesus said something about John the Baptist that's rather difficult for us to get our minds around. He said, on the one hand, Of all the people that have ever lived, John the Baptist is the greatest. But on the other hand, everyone who's in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. You find that in Matthew 11, 11. Truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he I think there's an explanation that helps us to make sense of what Jesus is saying. John's greatness was because of his closeness to Jesus. He was preparing the way for Jesus. He was announcing the arrival of Jesus. And because of this, he was the greatest, the greatest to ever live. And Jesus came announcing the kingdom of God. He came inviting you into the kingdom. And in the kingdom of God, when you say yes to Jesus, you are closer to Jesus than even John the Baptist was. John was announcing the way of God. He was preparing for Jesus. He heralded the arrival of Jesus. He pointed Jesus out to people. He baptized even Jesus. And his ministry was astoundingly important. But if you enter into the kingdom of God, listen to this. Jesus will live in you. Have you ever stopped to consider the greatness of Jesus? Take this stunning description from John the Baptist. He says, I am unworthy to unstrap the sandal of Jesus. And this is an amazing declaration. He is saying that the act of stooping before Jesus and loosening his sandal 
Something culturally that was considered so low, so humbling, that even the lowest servant would not be asked to do this. John the Baptist is saying, this most humbling act of service for Jesus, I'm unworthy of. Now, he's not talking here about a position of service. He's not just saying, I'm unworthy of a position of serving Jesus. I'm unworthy, he is saying, of the one act, the most humbling one act of serving Jesus. Now, we would say in our own day, to make the statement, I'm not worthy to untie his or her shoes, to unbuckle his or her shoes, to slip off his or her shoes is amazing. But when it's understood in this cultural context, it's really quite incredible what John the Baptist is saying. So understand this. This magnificent, one-of-a-kind, authentic, prophet, man of God, This incredible person we know as John the Baptist, his entire life work was given to just prepare the way for Jesus. That was his entire mission. And Jesus is so great that the greatest person who'd ever lived to that point existed just to prepare the way for him. And my question to us today is, are we ready for Jesus? Are we ready for 2023? And more importantly, are we ready for Jesus Christ? So let's begin with the presence of Christ. Verse 1, the presence of Christ. In the beginning, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This is the beginning of the good news. This is the beginning of the gospel. This is the beginning, the announcement that Jesus has arrived, the incarnation. God with us, Emmanuel Finally, Jesus is here. This long anticipated moment has arrived. It looked like John was a big deal, but wait, wait until Jesus shows up. John gets 11 verses. Jesus gets 16 chapters. John was impressive. John was the most popular to that point of his day. But Jesus, Jesus will will do something much more significant than collecting a crowd, than calling people to repentance. He will heal masses of people. He will cure people of leprosy. The single disease of his day that was, that was untouchable. The person was untouchable. They were covered in reproach. They were unhealable. Jesus would heal them touch them, remove the disease, remove the affliction and the shame and the reproach that was carried with it. Jesus would heal the blind. To this point, we've never heard of the blind being healed. We can search the Old Testament. This is an unbelievable, very rare miracle. And in Mark's gospel, it is used to talk of how Jesus is unveiled gradually. This increasing understanding as the gospel is told of of who Jesus is. And many of us experience that in our own following Jesus, uh, of Jesus, of an unveiling of His glory before us. John gets 11 verses. Jesus gets the entire book. John said, Jesus is mightier than I. Today I had the opportunity to spend a little time with our new deacons class. 
we're studying systematic theology and we're talking about various doctrines and at Riverside, what we teach about salvation and what we teach about the gifts of the Spirit and what we teach about the return of Jesus and what we teach about eldership and church government. These are important topics. We're known uh, for our understanding of doctrine according to certain categories of interpretation of Scripture. These are important. They're important to study. They're important to know. But as I shared with them today, I share with you what we really want people to experience when they come into this church body is not to say, oh, wow, this is a reformed church or this is a charismatic church or this is this type of church or this is that type of church. But we want them to say, wow, Jesus Christ is in this place. Jesus is exalted in this place. Jesus is here. There's no greater announcement than the announcement that John the Baptist came to make. And we as the people of God embody the presence of Jesus. What we need is Jesus. What you need is Jesus. What we need is a greater revelation of the glory of Christ. John the Baptist was great. Jesus is greater. Now, if we want it, if we want Riverside to hear this, we can have a ministry like John's. We can appear to be and even be authentic. We can attract people. We can call people to repentance. We have enough revelation to do that. But I believe that God wants that to only be the first half step that we take as the people of God. We don't have the ministry of John the Baptist. We have the ministry of Jesus. We are the people of Jesus. We are Christians. We are followers of Christ and he lives within us. So... We want to be more than attractive, more than authentic, more than bold, more than unique. We desire for people to experience firsthand Jesus when they gather here to experience his transforming power. That's my hope for you and me and for everyone who joins us. The presence of Jesus. The presence of Jesus, verse 1. Secondly, the preparation for Christ, verses 2 through 6. So if John's ministry is one of making us ready, of preparation, we see that highlighted in the quotations of Malachi 3 and Isaiah 40. Making ready the people of God. Removing obstacles. Making the, the path clear and straight and level So that people might respond. His purpose was one of making ready or preparation. And his method, his ministry, was repentance. What did he do to make ready people? He called them to repent. Baptizing in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Right? And then... Inviting people to confess their sins. That was his message. That was his ministry. And that is the beginning place of turning to God. Preparing our hearts. Jesus, John would say, is mightier than I. And his message was not repent in your own power. It's not your self-will, your self-improvement, your self-power that God's after. John was only preparing the way, taking people into that readiness. Jesus can actually give you a new life, a new heart, a renewed soul, a renewed mind. Jesus alone can give you true life and eternal life. But it won't happen without change. Change? Well, I hear people 
say, and I've said myself many times, people don't like change. Change is difficult. People will resist change. But I want to tell you, I'm ready for some change. I want change. You know, I have a couple of old shirts at home in my closet. I'd like to get rid of them. I'd like a couple of new shirts. Is that so bad? It's changed that bad. I'd like a new pair of pants. Is that so bad? It's changed that bad. You know what I really love? I love good shoes. I enjoy, I don't need a lot of shoes, but really well-made, handcrafted shoes. Thank you. What's so bad about change? Are we really dreading a new pair of pants, a new shirt, new shoes? Is the old that wonderful? Honestly, I want to say all that would be great, but I want to live for something much greater than new shoes and new pants and new shirts. I want to see souls saved. I want to see people renewed. I want to see... I want to see God glorified. I want to see communities transformed. I want to see marriages saved. I want to see people healed. I want to see people set free. I want change. I believe God wants to bring change. I think it's the beginning of a new work of God. Is saying, yes, yes, let's celebrate that God's doing a new work, a new work of his grace. Many of us are blessed. Many of us have received blessings from God. But the danger with great blessing is that you want to hold on to it and it keeps you from greater blessing. And if we're not careful, it not only keeps us from greater blessing, but it actually keeps us from the one who does the blessing. It's time for change. If you really want to experience and know Jesus in a greater way. You're going to have to be ready to do some things differently. You're going to have to be ready to make some changes. You have to believe that Jesus is greater and more fulfilling than your sin or your addiction. You have to believe that he has the power to set you free. You're going to have to give up some things. You're going to have to give up a certain way of thinking. You're going to have to give up on on self-pity and bitterness and unforgiveness. You're going to have to let go of some things and some superficial living, some selfish living. Just stop the passive aggressive nonsense and the aggressive aggressive foolishness. Paul said, let love be without pretense. Don't pretend to love, actually love genuinely, authentically. This begins with change. Have we ever stopped to think that the things we thought were going to bring us happiness that haven't brought us happiness are not going to bring us happiness? But Jesus offers to us new life. Here's John standing before you. He's saying, God's here. I have great news. This is the beginning of the gospel. I have life-altering, eternally significant blessing to give you. It's time for change. Don't resist it. Lean into it. Repent. Confess. Open your heart, open your hand to God, the Messiah, the one who saves, is here. Jesus is here. It's point one. Get ready is point two. The last point is this. 
the promise from Christ. The presence of Christ, preparation for Christ, the promise from Christ, verses 7 through 11. This is all about anticipation. John doesn't just say, hey, you need to change. He moves you to see the promise of Jesus and to anticipate what it is that God wants to do. John's, uh, John's ministry was preparation. His message was change. But he actually was, was helping people anticipate, all right, something much greater is coming. It's not change for the sake of change. I think the life of John the Baptist, you see exhibited here, is summed up in one verse. John 30, 3, verse 30. John said, Jesus must increase, but I must decrease. That's the change and the anticipation. I'm ready to say, I want to lay down my life that I might have his life, that I might have a greater life. This is the change we're talking about, and this is exactly what is promised in Christ. So we read in these verses, promises. I baptize you with water, but he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And then immediately, immediately, we move scenes to where we watch John baptize Jesus. And this section captures the whole introduction to everything that follows where Jesus is revealed in the Gospel of Mark as the King, as the King of Kings. Now, what are you doing, Mark? Why are you moving so quickly? And that's Mark's Gospel. He just, he just hits it abruptly, concisely, directly, and moves to the next thing. And that's part of the benefit of the way Mark writes is it, it helps you to get the perspective from way up here and to see the big themes and, and to see how it all fits together. And in many ways, you cannot escape the implication that Jesus' baptism is the fulfillment of the promise. He's beginning now to bring it to completion, to bring it to actuation, to bring it to reality, and to show you what it will be like in your own life. Jesus is Messiah. He's the Lord. He didn't need to be baptized. He didn't need cleansing for himself, but he came to save you. So in this moment, he's representing you. He's representing you at the beginning of his ministry saying, I stand in for humanity in this moment that humanity might be cleansed, might be washed, might be forgiven. And more than that, that they might be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That was the promise. John said, hey, I'm baptizing you with water, but here's the promise. He will baptize you. He will drench you in God, in the Holy Spirit. This is the promise of God for all who will call on the name of Jesus. What a glorious picture. I must decrease. He must increase. Lord, immerse me in the spirit of God. It's beautiful. This is our invitation. I just give you three takeaways from the experience of Jesus. Number one is majesty. The heavens were torn open. Secondly, gentleness. The spirit descended as a dove. Just picture this. God will tear open the heavens, but he will tenderly mend your broken heart. And then finally, love, a voice announcing you are beloved. 
This is a picture of what it is to be immersed in the Spirit of God. This is a picture of salvation. This is a picture of our journey in God. This, Riverside, is a picture of 2023. This is a picture of of experiencing Christ and exalting Christ in all things. It's majesty. It's gentleness. It is knowing like you've never known before that you are loved. Riverside, are you ready for 2023? Phrased in a slightly different way, are you ready for Christ? Honestly, it's not life and death that we came up $115,000 short in our Christmas offering. But it is important that you know it's worth giving to. That you know, in a broader sense, unrelated to any single offering or effort or outreach, that Christ is not, not, not simply worthy of your financial gift, but of your entire life. I invite you today to say with John, Jesus must increase. I must decrease. Let's pray. Lord, we are about to take a huge step as a local church. I have never felt such anticipation for this church as I feel in this moment. Lord, you've honored us by inviting us into this place of service. Um, It's amazing how you've worked. Lord, we want to be ready. And the readiness that I see in your word is just a readiness that comes when we turn to Jesus. And Lord, certainly any Christ follower cannot disagree with that. May we in this moment repent of our sins, confess them, position ourselves for change, and seek to exalt you in this moment as we engage in all that you have for us. And I pray, Lord, these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Eddie, come and help us. Thanks for joining us. If you ever find yourself in the North Lauderdale area, come check us out. For more information on services and events, visit us at 954church.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching 954church.